Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another week of fun and excitement. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where the features are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Story uh, that I did not get to over the weekend, but wanted to and mentioned it on the air, so I always feel guilty if I don't actually ever get to it. So I better do that. Uh, Gotta pay the tease. From the New York Times, El Paso, Texas. We'll touch uh, base with that in a moment, but phone calls are first. So we go to Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi there. Hey, Tom. You you remember that guy, Tom, from Nashua, that called up a lot of times from Nashua? No, I'm well, not you sure. Be, you won't be hearing from Tom from Nashua, New Hampshire, because Tom now lives in Hudson, New Hampshire. Oh, You okay. know the beautiful thing about Hudson from the viewpoint of Free State Project members? What, what is, is that? that? It's in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's nice, Tom. Yeah. Now, I didn't know you were no. in Nashua, honestly. I just, yeah. all I ever saw was Tom in New Hampshire, so you could have been anywhere okay. as far as I was concerned. Anyway, uh, Thursday morning. Let me tell you what happened Thursday morning Please. in Rialto, California. All right. A bunch of cops and SWAT team goons and DEA goons in Rialto, California. They were doing a drug sweep, and they had these warrants based on confidential informants who, for the right price, will sign a piece of paper claiming that they bought these drugs from these people. Mm-hmm. And these people are wondering why all the cops are barging into their houses and stuff like that. Sure. But you know what? one cop wound up getting gunned down. Hmm. See, this doesn't happen very often. Usually when cops wind up on the officer down memorial page, it's got nothing to do with citizens legitimately fighting back against the unjust actions of an unjust government. A vast majority of time, I mean a lot of it, is cops driving off the road, splattering themselves into trees, or a drunk driver who sees highway flares and flashing yellow, red, and blue lights and thinks it's Christmas decorations and you know at a traffic accident, and they just barrel right on through full speed ahead. But not this time, huh, Tom? What happened this, this time? time? This time, a cop wound up dead. And dead. are we any freer as a result? Not yet. See, because it doesn't happen very yeah. often. What we've got to do, those of us who are too pusillanimous to take this kind of action, we've got to Cowardly. take the maximum possible mileage out of each individual case and shove these dead cops in the faces of all those state representatives and state senators who keep voting for this kind of stuff. How long are you going to keep buying votes with cops' blood just so you can get reelected while cops are getting themselves killed and forcing these unjust laws? I think that's an interesting way to spin it. I do. I really do. Um, But I have to say that we've been having some trouble recently trying to communicate to just the regular people out there, not the state representatives, just regular folk, been tr- having trouble communicating to them why somebody as as uh, nonviolent as a Lauren Canario who's been arrested for driving without her papers and uh, now been held for nearly three entire weeks, uh, we've been having some very negative responses from the general public from that because they get very upset that certain people aren't willing to bow down to the state like they have bowed down to the state, and they get very jealous and upset about that. And I just don't know if uh, you know touting the fact that cops are dying in the war on drugs is going to, I don't know, persuade them. I just I I question the uh, the tactics. Well, that, that's your opinion, but I think that as long as 
They have to keep paying. Uh, see, eventually what's going to happen is more people are going to realize that it's a complete waste of time to try to reason with people like that on any other basis than if they don't comply with the, you know, the parking regulations, they pay the price with cash, and if they don't comply with libertarian demands, they're going to pay the price with cop's blood. Okay, Tom. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see Tom have his own talk show. I mean, can, can you imagine? Cop talk. <laughs> they would. I mean, people would be just appalled. I think it'd be interesting to see Tom uh, go and actually try to interview, like, the chief of police <laughs> or something. I, I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall the uh, when the... You know, the local state Republicans uh, had a talk with Tom and uh, convinced him that uh, it was not a good idea for him to be a state rep in New Hampshire. That's right. He did resign yeah. from his uh, from his seat. Maybe he was too pusillanimous. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. And just, we always have to tag after uh, Tom calls. Free Talk Live does not endorse uh, what the callers on this show say. We don't necessarily agree. I don't think it's a good idea to use violence against the police. Tom cheers it on every time it happens. Yes, he's he not, does. He's not willing to do it himself. Uh, he seems to think it's a good thing. As I pointed out, you know, do we have more well, liberty? Tom, Another cop's dead. Tom likes his own liberty, so he's not willing to do it himself. Right. Do do we in general have more liberty today because another cop's dead? No. That's nope. the fact. Yeah, it's just a family without a uh, breadwinner. Right. Now, now, he does have a persuasive point. If he could just not couch it in the sort of hateful-sounding terminology that he surrounds it with, his <laughs> persuasive point is that, look, if you support the war on drugs, you support, by, uh, you know, by proxy, you support the killing of police officers. Because the longer the war on drugs goes on, the more cops break into people's homes, the more likely somebody is going to get it in their head to shoot back. Right. It's not just that. It's, um, you know, all kinds of people die. Innocent, you know, innocent deaths occur because of the war on drugs. These cops. Well, we know about the innocent deaths, obviously. Sure. But he's talking about persuading the, the crowd that is in favor of police. Like, that's what I'm pointing out, that mm -hmm. if you point out that the war on drugs is causing the unnecessary early demise of many police officers, maybe that would be a way to get them to realize it's all not worthwhile. I, I don't think so. Um, when, you, when you show the... Uh, you think it's worth dying over a pound of cocaine? Do I think that? No. no. Do you? Do, does anybody oh, really see. think that? Um, do, is it worth uh, dying to give democracy to a bunch of people who haven't earned it over in a foreign country? No. Okay. Is that working on the 20-something, 30-something percent of Americans that uh, think that soldiers are great? I just thought it was an interesting approach. Okay. That's all. I just don't think it's working. I didn't say it would work on everybody. Right. We, um, You know, the, the Democrats have been trying that. They're sending our boys to die in the sand for mm -hmm. the last thir three or four years, and it, it com it's completely unmoving to the chicken hawks. 800-259-9231. All right. So, from El Paso. United States border agents have stepped up scrutiny of Americans returning home from Mexico, slowing commerce and creating delays at border crossings not seen since the months after the September 11th attacks. The increased enforcement is part of a dress rehearsal for new rules scheduled to take effect in January that will require Americans to show a passport or other proof of citizenship to enter the United States. The requirements were approved by Congress as part of anti-terror legislation in 2004. So apparently uh, the price you get to pay to fight terrorism is that you get to wait 
a lot longer than you've ever right. had to wait before if you've tried to come back into Mexico uh, f- from a visit to family members or work or whatever. The, come your back reason. into the United States from Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, border officials said agents along the southern border were asking. They're just asking now, Mark. <laughs> sure they are. They're asking more returning United, uh, United States citizens to show a photo identity document. At the same time, agents are increasing the frequency of what they call queries where they check a traveler's information against law enforcement, immigration, and anti-terror databases. The new policy is a big shift after decades when Americans arrived at land border crossings, declared they were citizens, and were waved on through. And it's strange, even though people have been doing that for decades, there weren't huge amounts of terror strikes Mm. back then. If terror is going to strike us across the border, why hasn't it struck us across the border? It has been quite a while, hasn't it? Over five years at this point. And if the terrorists um, that struck us in uh, 2001 were here legally, how can we trust the people that, in fact, are checking people on the border to do anything but harass the crap out of American citizens? It's another great question. We'd love to hear your answer to it at 1-800-259-9231. Since the authorities began ramping up enforcement in August, wait times at border stations in Texas have often stretched to two hours or more, discouraging uh, visitors and shoppers and upsetting local business. The delays could remain a fact of life across the southern border for the next few years, said border officials, at least until new security technology and expanded entry stations are installed. See, it's not like they're going to actually reduce the requirements to come across the border. They just need more government. They need more cameras and stations and bureaucrats. So just wait till we add more bureaucrats and then you're... uh, then your trip will speed up, say sure. they. Yeah, you believe them, right? 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there, a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. As we continue the story here from the New York Times... Uh, it's about the border, and if you live on the southern border, you have reason to be concerned, at least if you've got family or friends and you make trips across the border, because you might not have been aware, but you might have. You might have already been Maybe aware. Maybe you just want to go over there for some bargains. Uh, whatever. You might, uh, you might have already been aware that they're going to change the requirements to re-enter the United States in January of 2008. So coming up here in, you know, less than two or three months here. You have to have a passport. And not just a driver's license. Well, no, you have to have proof of citizenship. See, okay. the problem was that they had originally, they were originally going to require what is proof you, of citizenship. I guess a driver's license. How is a driver's license proof, proof of citizenship? Don't you have to show them uh, social security? Number I don't know. If if you listen to the uh, the uh, the anti-immigration folks out there, they'll uh, tell you that. Well, these these illegal aliens are getting driver's licenses. Well, I can tell you that they, what they wanted originally was a passport from everybody. Mm-hmm. But the problem became that 
the passport bureaucracy, whoever issues those things, simply couldn't hand the, handle the overload. Right. They uh, they tried to give people warning. You know, get them get your passports in advance because you're going to need them in January of 2008. And of course, everybody who does business across the border flooded the bureaucracy with requests for passports. And there's something like a there's an int- incredibly long wait. I'm not sure how long it is. I guess it it varies because you can pay to expedite these things, Mm -hmm. but uh, there's a much longer wait than there ever was before, and so as a result, they sort of had to change the rules and say, well, okay, you can cross the border as long as you have, you know, proof you're a citizen, so... They're going to be cracking down. is is basically the trans translation here. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to become much more difficult now than it ever has in the past to re-enter the United States. And that's not just a Canada. It's not just a Mexico thing. It's also going to happen on the Canadian border as well. And this article is talking about the border patrol border enforcers are doing a dress rehearsal for the new rules. So they're trying things out, and they're finding out. Sure enough, things are slowing down. It's going to to now cost you more of your precious time if you want to get back across the border. And that's not a good thing because it, it slows down commerce, and when commerce slows down... Right. In business, time is money. Right. The economy slows down just a little bit, and that's not a good thing. But that's what they're going to do, and there's not much you and I can do about it because they're in charge of the border. Anyway, the delays could remain a fact of life for several years, said border officials, at least until new security technology and expanded entry stations are installed, and until Americans get used to being checked and questioned like foreigners. Hmm. So what they're saying here is that you shouldn't be complaining, Americans. You're just not used to this kind of treatment yet. And once you get used to it, well, we'll be able to move through faster. As long Mm. as you're used to showing us your paperwork and you have everything ready when you come up here and you don't complain about losing your freedoms, we're so sick and tired of hearing you (laughs) Americans complain about, well, it didn't used to be this way and we're sick of losing our freedoms and blah, blah, blah. Well, get with the program. Your freedoms have been lost and they're not going to give them back to you. That's what they're saying here. You should get used to it. Americans, uh, apparently uh, now our Border Patrol is going to be more like the rest of the world, which is what some people want, I guess, right? They want a Border Patrol that's really harsh and uh, questioning towards everyone that comes across and mean and nasty and demanding. Well, if you listen, if you listen to the folks that called in on Saturday night, you'd see that you know that's what Americans do, in fact, want. They some wanna, Americans. You know, they, they, they seem to. You know, they say that about 80% of Americans are sick of this illegal immigration thing, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a huge number. Well, let me say, let me this tell you. This is how the government knows how to fix problems. I would like to point out to to anybody listening to the show that is sick of illegal immigration, spending an extra hour or two waiting in a line to get across the border checkpoint isn't going to do diddly squat to stop immigrants from coming here. Nothing. It's all it's going to do is inconvenience you. So you could sit there in that line and tell yourself that this is a good thing. You could sit there as you swelter in the heat <laughs> of the desert. Just sit there and waste your gasoline, idling and pulling up three feet, and idling and pulling up three feet. And uh, tell yourself, just to try to make yourself feel better, that this is all for the good of the country, when in fact... All it's going to do is make it so the people that want to cross the border, they just have to cross somewhere else. New systems. Yeah, they'll cross somewhere else. It's going to be as effective at stopping um, illegal aliens coming across as, you know, adding adding another cop to the force yep. is as effective in stopping the drug war. 
So anyway, uh, last year, 234 million travelers entered the United States through land border crossings from Mexico. Uh, w. Ralph Basham, the Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection, the agency that manages the border, said longer waits had resulted from added security measures at border stations that in many cases were aging, outmoded, and facing surging traffic. So we need to buy more booths. That's right. Newer bureaucracy. We'll stop the illegal immigration with booths. Saying the new document checks were a security imperative, Mr. Basham called on border cities, many of which owned the Did border. Did Mr. Basham get a check from this, by the way? Oh, I'm not With the sure. increases? I mean, you know, he's, he's the head of, is he the head of one of these bureaucracies? He is the commissioner of customs and border protection. Yeah, he got a big check. Now, it's not his check, but it's a check, too, you know, that he can spend he on can spend, booths yeah. and bureaucrats and, I don't know, new uniforms and stuff. Well, he says the cities, he's calling on the border cities, many of which own crossing bridges, to invest in expanding the entry points. In the meantime, Mr. Basham said, a safer border is well worth the wait. Yeah, see? That's, see? You're supposed to feel good about this. As though anything's going to happen on the border. Right. Safer wait, border. Wait times of up to three hours have also been reported over the past few months Jeez. at crossings from eastern Canada. Senator Bernard Sanders, an independent of Vermont, who held a series of town meetings with board officials about the lines, said low staffing at border stations was the primary cause there. The longer lines along the Mexico border have been especially unsettling here in El Paso, a humming border city long comfortable in its marriage to Ciudad Juarez, the bigger and rowdier Mexican metropolis on the other bank of the Rio Grande. You know, and I'm sure it's nice for El Paso when uh, people come across the border to spend money Mm -hmm. and then go back home. Yeah. Yeah, But this is going to be difficult. When there's a three-hour wait, are you going to do that? Lines of cars and pedestrians at sunrise on the four border bridges here are routine for tens of thousands of people, including many U.S. citizens coming home from Mexico on their way to school, work, and shopping. El Paso's congressperson wrote, International bridge wait times continue to escalate, causing frustration and concern in my district and across the nation. One crosser who said she struggled with the lines uh, was a 37-year-old American citizen who works in Ciudad Juarez but is studying for her high school equivalency in El Paso. She says, I arrive late and they don't let me in, says Ms. Mm. LeBoy as they waited to be checked through the, uh, br- the bridge crossing there. She says, I miss classes. Many families that straddle the border are feeling the strain. What's that you don't have? Oh, what's that you don't have an extra three hours a day that you can just sit around as you wait to help keep the country safe? Oh. This, is, this is the sort of sacrifice that uh, we're asking from Americans. I'm not asking sacrifice. You mean the government, mm-hmm. right? And they're not asking. They're demanding because you don't have a choice. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. Either change your lifestyle and don't leave the country... Or be inconvenienced. That's your choice, I guess. More on the way. You take control. How do you feel about this? This is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and, uh, toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features for free updates are there. Get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You will know first if you're on the updates list, and you can get on it for free, of course, by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. 
Finance top-quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. 800-259-9231. The border crackdown continues. Just a bit more information from the New York Times story. Talking about how at El Paso's border, the border crossing in El Paso, the Border Patrol has been testing a new program, a dress rehearsal for what's to come. So those of you living down on the southern border and the, the, to a lesser extent of the northern border because the, the requirements will be the same regardless of your crossing. If you are crossing from Mexico or from Canada, you will mm. have to show more papers than you ever have had to in the past. Uh, according to the story here, the people that are doing business in El Paso and in other places along the border are pretty upset because as you may or may, or may not be aware... They've gotten to this use, whole thing, um, you know, Mexicans coming and spending money in their stores, and, and we can't have it, because those Mexicans could be terrorists, and their dollars could be tainted with American blood. Well, not only is this going to affect the, the people doing business in the cities right across the border, like El Paso, but it's also going to affect the some 45,000 trailer trucks that pass the border... In McAllen, Texas. Now, that's just that one border crossing point. And that's in one month. 45,000 tractor-trailer, 18-wheelers passing in one month at that one town. The mayor of that town said, There's a misconception that border communities only care about ourselves and our own local businesses, but our border crossings affect trade across the United States, he says. Of $332 billion in trade last year between the U.S. and Mexico, this country's third largest trading partner, more than 80% of it moved across the border by truck. Starting January 31st, American citizens... It's easy to move stuff from Mexico to Canada. I mean, to, to America. I mean, it's easy. That's Of course, they're going to sell a lot of stuff over here. Right. Well, it was easy starting January 31st. Well, until the government got involved. Right. American citizens returning home by land will have to present either a passport or a citizenship document, like a birth certificate, together with a government-issued identity card with a photograph. So, okay, driver's license Here's not what I don't enough. understand is what are they going to do with Americans that – I mean, what if you had your wallet stolen? What are they going to do? That's a wonderful question. What's going to happen to you if you're an American citizen, you go over to uh, you know, Mexico for some reason, you go to Cancun or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't have your papers on the way back in? For whatever Are reason. they going to lock you out of the country? I mean, you know, is it going to take, like. take you a day? Is it going to you going to have three three days in quarantine? Yeah, they'll probably quarantine you. You'll probably have to call a lawyer, which many Americans don't have because they aren't you know criminals, so they're they're not doing something they think they could get in trouble for, so they don't have a lawyer on call. Who knows what that process is going to be like? I think that's a great question, Mark, and and there's never it's never been answered. Uh, but uh, if you don't have a citizenship document like a passport or birth certificate in in addition to a driver's license, so driver's license alone, not mm-hmm. good enough, you have to have a birth certificate to go with it. The requirement is the next phase of the Western Hemisphere, uh, Western Hemisphere Travel Initiative, which Congress adopted in 2004, that enacted recommendations from the commission that examined the September 11th attacks. So you can blame those guys if you like. It's intended to improve anti-terror intelligence by gathering a record of everyone entering the United States. Ah, see, Mark, it won't just be that they're checking your citizenship. They'll be documenting you as mm. well. So yeah, you well, you know, make they a ha- note. Bureaucrats do love records. And I think it's interesting that they point out that this is the next phase of the travel initiative. 
So presumably there are other phases that will come after this. Mm. Perhaps more crackdowns and more requirements and more demands and more delays. Because the more the bureaucrats have to do, the longer it takes. Ever been to the DMV? It's going to be like the DMV at the border every single day. Except instead of a little plastic piece of paper, this is going to be your freedom at stake. You may not be able to get back in the frickin' country. So far, the new inspections aren't systematic enough to yield measurable results. The passport requirement's been been in effect since January for most citizens returning to the United States by air, and it had a rocky debut because many Americans without passports rushed to apply for one. Passport processing backlogs overwhelmed the State Department, which was forced to relax the requirement during the months of June through September. That experience has created anxiety among many people who cross at land stations as they anticipate the next phase. Also in August, border officials said the Department of Homeland Security issued a directive designed to unify inspection procedures for all border agencies under its umbrella. It set an eventual goal with no fixed deadline for agents to conduct a database query for every person crossing the border. So they're not just going to ask you for your ID. You will be checked right there, right then. That's what they're looking to do. Mm. And who knows what that'll result in. Who knows how much increased harassment that'll be. As a result, queries by both agents of American and foreign border crossers increased. At many older border stations, agents have to enter some queries manually, taking minutes that quickly mount up to hours when thousands of cars and people are waiting in line. So just spend more taxpayer dollars and that'll allegedly solve the problem. But we all know that that won't be the end of it. Right. You can't solve all the government's problem just by throwing money at the at this situation. The uh, El Paso Field Director for Customs and Border Protection said the new policy demanded a change of culture. He says, quote, These two communities are very interlinked, not only by trade and commerce, but by family, religion, and education. Uh, He said, standing at the border bridge, when a person leaves El Paso to go to Juarez, it's like going across the street. They don't consider it leaving the country. On an average day, some 21,000 pedestrians cross from Juarez on the bridge, uh, one of El Paso's four entryways. The Paso del Norte Bridge, Mr. Garcia installed a canopy over the walkway and water fountains and overhead mist makers at the checkpoint to cool weary walkers on sweltering days. Well, that's awfully thoughtful of him. Mm. As the lines into El Paso swelled in mid-August, he said he issued a memorandum directing his agents to gauge vehicle lines and deciding how many travelers to query. If lines were over an hour, agents should run a query only for the driver, unless something about the vehicle aroused their suspicions. So... They're not just doing it for the drivers, they're doing it for everybody in the car. You know, at one point, we just they, they just look at the car and decide, oh, well, okay, we'll check you. As somehow or another, we managed to escape uh, the terrorists from sneaking across the border that way. As a matter of fact, the terrorists that uh, attacked us on, on 9-11, we let All in legally. Legal. All of them went through the process. Border groups said they support tougher security measures, but want border authorities to back them up with increased staff levels and technology to avoid slowing commerce. Funds for Border Patrol, which scouts the border entry points for illegal immigrants, increased by 70% since 2005 to $3 billion. Must be nice to administer that program, huh, Mark? Mm. Uh, by contrast, financing for border station agents... Makes you the envy of all the bureaucrats when you can, find, when you can uh, administer that kind of money. ...who processed nearly 300 million travelers entering the country legally by land last year rose by 30% to $2.1 billion. So, they're saying it's not enough, Mark. No, uh, of course it's, it's, up it's never enough. There, there hasn't been a government program invented yet that has had <laughs> enough money to do what it needs to do. It's just not possible. Right. What's going to happen when they increase the funding again? It's already been increased by 70% in the last two years. 
What happens when they increase it another 50% and then they're still complaining? They need more money. Oh, lines of suits, they're just getting longer. We've installed this new technology, but people keep wanting to cross the border. We thought people would stop wanting to cross the border. Right. Eventually they might. Eventually they just might get tired of it and International travel is, um, to the United States is, you know, tourist travel to the United States down 20%. I think most of that's by air, but I can you well, can expect yes. to see a, a tremendous right. drop. I, I'm sorry, if I did make that clear. That was air travel to the United States from right. foreign countries. Why? Because we screen the crap out of foreigners coming into this country. doesn't right. matter who they are or where they're from. We screen the crap out of them. Now we're going to screen the crap out of people coming across our borders on land. Yep. What is going to happen to commerce in the United States? Well, it's going to take a dip. The anti-immigration zealots don't give a damn. They could care less. Their livelihood doesn't matter what goes on the border. All they care about is seeing people with brown skin and hearing Spanish spoken and somebody's taking my job. It's so sad. Just watching the, the liberties and freedoms in this country melt away as the American people drop their drawers for the border inspectors and do whatever the hell it is they ask them to or they demand of them. A good little commies. It's so sad. 800-259-9231. Okay, comrade. Yeah, you bring up whatever's on your mind. How do you feel about this? Uh, these new intrusions they're planning on foisting on you next year? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at store.freetalklive.com. When you enter the Free Talk Live store, you'll see we've got all kinds of neat merchandise. Some of it doesn't even have our logo on it. It's just original uh, original design brought to you exclusively by the Free Talk Live store. We call it the Free Marketeer logo. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to take a look at all the great merchandise, uh, including Free Talk Live hats and T-shirts and hoodies, bumper stickers, which are free, by the way. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. TalkLive.com as we go to the phones and to the fun amplifier line. Kurt in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. How are you tonight? Great, Good, sir. What's on your mind? Well, before I get to the topic uh, that I want to discuss, Ron Paul's our last hope for liberty. Hmm. I have the scary quote of the week, and uh, let's see if you can guess who this is. All right, go for it. I have a million ideas. The country can't afford them all. Mm, um, Hillary no Clinton. Idea. You're spot on. Now, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Hillary gets attributed all kinds of things she didn't necessarily say. I will say that she's a tri- dyed-in-the-wool pinko. Where would you get this information? Uh, this is in this week's uh, U.S. News and World Reports in the Washington Whispers section. They have I'll a take little uh, out loud where they have quotes that go down. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with that section. I, I, I do like U.S. News. All right, so Ron Paul, you say the last hope, huh? Uh, well, actually, no. I, I want to respond to those people who say that Ron Paul is our last hope for oh, okay, liberty. Okay, good, good. Go that for would be it. me. Because I believe in modern America, Ron Paul is our first hope for liberty. Yeah, um, I hope that's been, so. It's been on the steady decline ever since, you know, the, the early part of the century. Um, and I think that those people who give up on the liberty movement because their first candidate failed... I say shame on them. Well, I'm not sure that um, people are going to necessarily give up um, on the liberty movement just because their first candidate failed. Oh, I can tell you some people will. So, some people will probably just give, um, you know, be disheartened, and I suppose some of those won't come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be disheartened if that's what happens, but, you know, 
I'm going to be out here doing the radio show six days again, a week it's anyway. A, it's, it's the first time out this century, just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I mean, not that this century matters. That, I mean, well, it's they're, just they're, they're getting they're getting widespread attention now that like they were never getting before. Absolutely. You know, it's so much so that that I, I'm going to float a little. Uh, uh, a little conspiracy theory here. So much so that the Republicans had to stack that uh, debate to actually heckle them. Right. Uh, you know, the, it, uh, it's funny that they uh, booed Ron Paul, but Ron Paul supporters have been in huge, huge numbers in some of these debates. Never booed any of the other candidates. Didn't he win the phone poll again? Like with 35 yeah. or 39 percent of the vote? He had about 60 percent of the CNBC vote when I voted. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, I was talking about the Fox phone poll. That's correct. I, from, from this weekend. Anyway, it is so. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, so but I like anyway, your. I, I like your. Uh, all I wanted to say is, is that, and then if if you're not giving to the AMP program, please give to the AMP program. If you're amping, then please up your AMP dollars. This is good stuff. Thank you, Kurt. And I like your vision. I think that it's it's a more, much more positive vision to say that you know Ron Paul is a new beginning for the liberty movement rather than the last chance. Well, it's it's the first town crier. He's the first guy walking through the streets. Now, I mean, people are going to hear him. They're going to start doing the same thing. No, he's not the first one walking through the streets. He's the only one that's ever really gotten any well, decent amount of attention. It, right, in this, in this, exactly, you know, in the mainstream. But, uh, you know, it, it's the first it's the first person that the regular man who doesn't have to go out and seek the message message can have it brought to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kurt, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So, Mark, did you see the footage from last night? No. The Fox debate? I, I did not. I haven't seen any of that. I haven't seen it either. I looked for it this morning, and it apparently was not yet um, up on YouTube, so I'm still waiting on that. And I've been out doing things all day. Uh, but, th- yes, I, I like... At this point, you know, Ron Paul is winning the debates every time, as far as I'm concerned. He's performing extraordinarily well. Um, you know, pe- people are cheering like the, you wouldn't believe for him. So I'm, it's, it, it's almost, for me, more of the same. What I did see was the interview that he did with Hannity and Combs afterwards. Mm. Now, he's been on something like three Fox debates at this point, so I've seen all three of his post-debate interviews. And Sean Hannity has progressively gotten calmer mm-hmm. when it comes to dealing with Ron Paul. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he's been Because getting... he realizes he's being, you know, uh, disgusting. Right. Maybe he's been deluged with emails or something like that. Something has affected his behavior. He was much nicer to Ron Paul last night than, than he was in the past. Still, though, he tried to take a shot at uh, the Ron Paul supporters because, you know, how he likes to do that. He likes to basically take a shot at the their, their own phone poll, which, if you aren't aware, Fox News... Right. Uh, are, the people that work here are a bunch of incompetent boobs and can't run a, a good phone poll, apparently is what he's saying about his co-workers. Right, nice. and the, the way the phone poll works is it's a cell phone-based poll where you have to text message your favorite choice. Whoever you thought won, to the, won the debate, you text message. And so it's a system that is in, inherently... Protected against yeah, fraud. Right. You have to have more than one cell phone to be able to vote more than once. Right. Because not many to, people have that. If you try to vote more than once, you get a message back that says, sorry, you've already voted. Plus, it costs generally costs a lot of money to vote. Um, you know, the, the mm-hmm. when you do the texting, some people have uh, texting plans. Some don't. So it's well, if you don't have a plan, I don't know if ten cents is a lot of money, but well, it does. Cost if you a were little. going to do a bunch of, um, if you had a bunch of cell phones and none of them had uh, text plans, I yeah. guess is uh, the vision that I was coming up with. But 
Yeah, that's all. Well, they, they're here. getting thousands and thousands of votes, so nobody has a thousand cell phones at their disposal. But no. nonetheless, it didn't stop Sean Hannity from bringing it up again. Last Can you imagine night? the carpal tunnel you'd have uh, trying to vote from <laughs> if if you owned a cell yeah. phone store and you're a Ron Paul guy and you happen to have a thousand on hand, right? And you charge them all up ahead of time so that you could text this one time, even yeah. though they don't have numbers. You know what? This isn't, wouldn't work at all because you have to activate each phone with the company. Mm, doesn't work. Not very likely. But nonetheless, as I say, he it didn't stop all the, the technical points, didn't stop Sean Hannity from taking another shot against the Ron Paul supporters. And Ron Paul was brilliant when he hit him back. Uh, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said something to the fact that, what, what you don't trust your own polling? <laughs> and he just he just batted it right back at Sean, and he couldn't say anything to it. Of course he couldn't. Yeah. It's, the stup- it's stupid. It's a stupid allegation. All right, well, here's something that wasn't so stupid. From the American Medical Marijuana Association, Steve Cubby, I think, is involved with these folks. From Ontario, Canada, a Canadian judge has joined a growing group of judges who've dismissed charges for possession of marijuana because of their findings that the laws against marijuana are unconstitutional in Canada and have no valid force or effect. I can tell you the new conservative government that's been elected there that has been touting that it's going to bring back the war on drugs in Canada, they're not going to like this very much, are they? Not at all. uh, Judges throwing the law out of their courtroom. Defending a case involving three juveniles in simple possession in Oshawa, legal scholar Ed Pearson faced several objections by the Crown Prosecutor before he was allowed to enter evidence that other courts have ruled Canada's marijuana laws have fallen. After hearing Mr. Pearson's arguments, Justice Edmondson said that that though he was not bound by the decision of other cases cited by the defense, he was persuaded by the rulings of the other courts that the law had fallen into invalidity. Sponsoring this legal challenge was uh, Professor Doug Hutchinson, who said, I agree to help steer and pay for their defense as a matter of principle, because I have a particular objection to the damage that this senseless prohibition against marijuana often does to young lives. Of course, he's absolutely right. It goes on to talk about how the charges were over possession of about five grams of marijuana against a 16-year-old youth. And he's right. If a, if a young person or even an older person gets caught with marijuana, it goes onto their permanent record and it affects the, their life from that point on. Yep. It makes it that much more difficult to get jobs. And it, that's I, had a not next good. Door, I had a next door neighbor that had uh, you know owned his own business. Now he was working to manage a restaurant, and he was in his sixties. He was married, had two cars, had a nice house, and he got caught with a joint driving home from work. Hmm. And somehow or another, they thought it was just okay to charge this guy, and it caused him all kinds of problems. I bet. And for what? I mean, this is a good guy who pays his taxes. Apparently, he's a bad guy now, Mark. He had a joint in his ashtray. How dare he? In July of 2000, the Ontario Court of Appeals overturned a law barring possession of 30 grams of marijuana or less, saying it discriminated against the sick. The court, the province's highest, uh, gave the federal government one year to come up with new laws. In July of 2001, the government issued guidelines governing medical use of marijuana, becoming the first Western nation to legalize medicinal use and possession. Though medical users have been subsequently been by law protected, recreational users were ignored until now. So it sounds like things are going in two different directions in Canada. The judicial branch is saying, screw these laws. They're unconstitutional, which, good. wow, I wish some judge in America would say that. Uh, and different then, constitutions. Hmm? Different constitutions. Well, but that's true. I, I don't see anything. I would say ours is unconstitutional as well. I don't see any, you know, it doesn't give, the, the federal government does not have the ability to enforce 
marijuana prohibition inside the Constitution. Oh. If you think that's so, please read your Constitution. 800-259. Call me up. Tell me how. 9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Our number two is on the way. Sickle CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. So should be an interesting de- uh, story developing in Canada. The continuing war on drugs clashing with judges that are saying, let's end this war on marijuana. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We're launching at hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. As we roll right into the phone calls. Talk to Sam in Texas on the amplifier line. Hello, Sam. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? All right. I was out at a family reunion in East Texas this weekend. Okay. And on Saturday, we, after the the family was done, we went out to a a, a club that's kind of now again this is in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like a real club, but Ian, I think you would have liked it. They didn't have a liquor license, but they kind of served liquor and alcohol and beer and stuff anyway. Really? Just kind of under the table, yeah. <laughs> do you have to know the club owner in order to do that, or they'll just do it to anybody that walks through the door? Well, it's this was a it's a small community, so the towns are you know less than I think ten thousand people, mostly out in the area where our farm is. Okay. And uh, it's also an all black club. My brother and I were the only two white guys in there. There were some uh, white girls, but that was it. Interesting. So they knew to uh, they, they know to suspect any white guys that are in the club that they yeah, might be cops. I mean, we got there early and we met Dante, the owner. So sure. I mean, it was we didn't have any problems. I wasn't drinking though. I choose safer alternatives. But my brother. And his employee Fred were uh, were drinking quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're uh, leaving the club, and uh, we uh, turn out onto the major farm road there to get going. And all of a sudden, the police lights come on in the rearview mirror, and we're in my brother's big monster truck. And I've watched the video about how to roll up your windows and handle interactions with police. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, the one thing that's not in the video is, you know, the best time to tell your friends. Uh, how to handle a police interaction is right not right then <laughs> is not as the police are driving up and they're both pissed drunk and yeah you know can't uh, comprehend what you're saying yeah I bet that went poorly it, it went really poorly so, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, as we pull over and I stopped this truck and again I don't know all the controls and everything so I'm trying to figure it out I'm rolling up the windows I say you guys don't say anything let me do the talking <laughs> and uh, officer walks up can I see your license or registration sure here you go or license and insurance, uh, gave him that. He then asks, he says, uh, the reason I stopped you is because you uh, didn't come to a complete stop at the stop sign back there. Oh, jeez. And I said, okay. And then he goes, I'm going to, he looks up at my brother and, and his uh, employee, Fred, and says, I'm going to need y'all's IDs, too. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, hold on, guys, y'all don't have to show ID. Ah. And, but Fred's this black guy, and I don't think he's used to standing up to authority. Right. So, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> you crazy. I'll give him ID. Here you go. Here you go, sir. I'm like, Fred, put your ID away. Do not show him ID. Mm. <laughs> and the cop said, son, get out of the truck right now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Is he saying that to you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course he was. 
So I opened the, the door, closed it behind me. How dare you question his authority? He goes, come around to the back of the truck with me. And so we go back to the bumper of the tailgate, and I'm standing there. And he gets right in my face, and he says, let me tell you something, boy. I'm going to get the ID of every goddamn person in that truck, and if you don't like it, we can solve that problem right here, right now. What does that What's mean? What's it going to be? Well, uh, what, what, what happened? Well, <laughs> uh, I was thinking, damn, if I had caught that on video, it would have been fantastic. Oh, but man. He, uh, all I did was, you know, I can't obviously challenge that because I don't know if he was talking about just taking me to jail. Right. Or what could it be? I mean, you know, is he going to beat, beat your butt right there and uh, <laughs> the, the, on the tail bed? I mean, he was by himself. I don't know. Right. Um, what was he going to do? What was he threatening? I'm well, not saying. What right. Was, I mean, we all know that it's it's very unlikely he was going to beat you down, though it's a possibility. Uh, yeah. We all know that. Oh, the I don't know that it's very unlikely. <laughs> I would say it is. He was there with other guys, and it would have been totally. He was not going to take on all three dudes. He wasn't going to take on all three dudes. Did you hear the guy in the truck? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me give you. Forget about him, officer. Here's my ID. I'm saying he's not going to beat all three guys, and it's very unlikely but he he's going to. He had me segregated away at the back of the truck, and yeah, they were both still inside the cab. But we all know that they have a repertoire of uh, charges that they can just level against anybody that they want to. So that might have been what he would have done: was just give you a disobedient or a disobeying yeah. an order or disobeying a police officer charge and take you to the pokey. So I think what I responded with was just something like, look, the Supreme Court says that passengers in the car are not required to show ID. And, you know, he wasn't hearing any of that. He right, called he doesn't care about the Supreme Court. Supreme Court means nothing to him on a back road in the middle of the night in Texas. Yep. And see, Mark, how can you support a, a minimalist government that includes government police when they don't care about their own high courts and their own laws? Well, in Mark's fantasy, see, see, Sam, in Mark's fantasy government world, all of the police will care about the Constitution. See? Oh, okay. That's I realize this fix. system works poorly. I'm just... Um, I, it's it's my imagination that the system that you propose is going to work far far worse. That's right. Freedom I, is going to be it, awful. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect, but Mark, do I have to keep paying for it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, only if you want to not get your butt beat by the uh, tail bite in the um, on the dark road in Texas in the middle of the night. Apparently. So, uh, so what happened? He, he calls the supervisor out. Uh, he has me uh, go put my hands on the squad car, and he does a Terry pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he you know, explains this is for your safety and mine. I said, yeah, I understand you're doing a Terry Pat. I had my wallet and in one pocket, cell phone in the other. He tells me to empty my pockets, and I said, no, mm. wait, I don't think that's part of the Terry Pat. He said, it's your pockets, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I took it out. He then proceeded to go through my wallet compartment by compartment. Yeah, that's not the Terry Pat. Nope, <laughs> definitely not. Exactly. Now, I, I think what I should have said there was, sir, I don't consent to any searches and force him to for, to remove it from my pocket. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. But, but you I did don't consent. Know if somebody, if maybe there was a police officer listening that can call in and explain that. I would love to know exactly what should have, the best way to handle that would have been. Very good. Um, let's see. So then he segregates me from uh, my brother and, and his friend. Um, and the supervisor was there at the back of the car watching me while he's questioning them and running their uh, IDs and so forth. And so I started explaining to the supervisor, he's like, he was saying, well, you know, we can't have no attitudes out here. Yeah, we, we, got, we, got we don't care what control. you got to say. Do what? They don't care what you have to say at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, he actually, you know, he listened. I said, look, I was explaining uh, what, the, what the high courts, what the Supreme Court has said about stops like this. And I was telling the other passengers in my vehicle what their rights were. Is that against the law? And he said, no. I said, okay, well, you're, you're, um, the other officer pulled me out of the car, brought me back here, and threatened to put me in jail 
for doing exactly that. I don't think that's right, sir. Yeah, it sounded to me like the cop was the one with the attitude. Yeah, no, this is the this is his supervisor that I'm talking to in the back, right. and the other one, yeah. Be, and I'll, I'll explain why if we get to the end. Um, so I went through that. Eventually, Fred, my brother's employee, comes back because he was done with them, and he took my brother around to the front of the truck to get consent to search the vehicle because it was his truck that I was driving. Okay. Uh, and I told Fred with the supervisor there listening, I said, look, Fred, these people are not your friends. Don't say another word to them. They, their job is to write tickets and put people in jail, and that's exactly what they're doing up there. He's trying to get consent to search the car so he can find something to put us in jail for. Do not talk to them anymore. And he's like, okay, okay. Um, so the officer heard all that, and uh, gosh, where else? Brooks gave him consent. My brother gave him consent. Oh. Uh, he searched through the car, so we're standing on the road for at least an hour. It was Gosh. over an hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, they didn't find anything because, you know, everything was consumed by that point. Now, Sam, you do realize that you probably would not have been on the road for at least an hour if you hadn't have done the uh, whole window three-quarters of the way up. Uh, don't show me your ID. That's not necessarily true. I the window down because, I mean, the, where you would stick your arm out of my... My brother's got this truck with 24-inch chrome rims on it, and the base of the window sits about six feet off the ground. So the officer was looking up at me. <laughs> And uh, so I had rolled the window down, but I rolled the others up. Look, that officer stopped you because he thought that there was a very good chance he was going to find three drunk good old boys in that truck. Or, he found or somebody two. that had just bought drugs from the black community in you know, the sure. small town. I don't think you're right about that, Mark. This officer obviously had a stick up his butt. He had an attitude problem. And oh, my it was, God. It, it was it, very it, likely. Sam told him he wasn't going to give him um, the IDs. You know. Well, He's supposedly free to do that sort of thing. Yes, but the and officer believes that he is the highest authority in the world. And, and it, which is exactly why his authority, you're going to have problems. Which that's is what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but, it's, but that's exactly <laughs> why this officer was more likely than not to continue to harass Sam, whether or not he participated. This officer wanted to terry pad everybody, and he wanted to search the vehicle. He probably would have wanted to do those Once things. Once he heard about the Supreme Court, you no, darn right I'm he telling did. you, he would have wanted to do those things anyway, and I'm sure Sam would be able to tell us more. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231. He was there. Judging by the way he's describing this cop's attitude, this cop was on a mission to find something to arrest someone for. After not he, just, after not he had just a good long talk around, with Sam, yeah. Not just warning somebody for stopping at a stop sign. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Also, on the way, do you think the Supreme Court's going to change its ruling with all these new immigration restrictions? This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the single CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free on the website, including the wiki. It's like the listener editable version of our site with over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. You can see what it's all about and get interactive at wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. Perhaps you may own or know someone who does a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect these accounts. Cons uh, consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing tasks of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. 
800-259-9231. We go back to Sam in Texas telling us a story about something that happened to him over the weekend. He was out at a bar with some buddies in uh, Texas, and and uh, on his way home, he was the designated driver. His two friends were a little on the drunken side and got pulled over for allegedly not coming to a complete stop at a stop sign, at which point he was then asked as most drivers are asked for license and registration, which he provided. The cop then proceeded to ask his uh, compatriots for similar information, uh, licenses, identification. And Sam cautioned his uh, passengers that they didn't have to give away that information, that a Supreme Court ruling had made it very clear that only the driver is required by law to identify his or herself to the police. Uh, am I correct so far, Sam? Absolutely. And uh, you, Mark, say that was what the problem was. You say that set the cop off, that that made it so the cop was going to continue harassing them. But there's no way to say for sure what would or would not have happened had Sam not taken this tact. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the cops uh, yanked you out of the car. They pulled the other guys out. And uh, you accidentally consented to a search of your person, which you now realize was probably a mistake. But it really didn't matter anyway, because they were going to search your car, too, probably whether you liked it or not. Anyway, they got permission from your other passenger to search the car, because it was the passenger's car and not yours. So they managed to cajole the drunken passenger into allowing a search, which then kept you on the side of the road for another entire hour as they combed through the vehicle. Now, Mark, if they were interested in just giving somebody a, a quick check and moving them on, they would have done a quick search, too. Oh, uh, I'm sure the the, uh, the cop's just dying to have his supervisor out there watching him the whole time. Um, you know, his supervisor... He called the supervisor. Who, of course he did, because he what he realized he had on his, um, on his hands was a constitutional uh, uh, jailhouse lawyer here. And uh, the last thing he wanted to do is step into some constitutional bull patties. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, the fact is, they don't like this crap. I mean, You're right. You, they don't like could, the Constitution. You could be... You could be cussing out his mom, and you'd probably do a little bit better than uh, telling him, look, you don't have the authority to uh, go through my wallet, officer. Right. Um, you, have you ever read the Fourth Amendment, sir? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, when you're doing crap like this, now I'm not saying that it's bad to do this. I have done it on my own. Um, what I'm saying is there's a lot of variables in this particular instance, and Sam revealed this um, in, in the beginning. First off, he has two drunk compatriots who, you know, one of which is is just sort of sort of a friend, is that correct? Uh yeah. Right. One, one's my brother, the other is one of my brother's employees. Right. He doesn't exactly trust you with his life. Okay. Um these two friends are drunk. Um Sam doesn't own the vehicle. Mm -hmm. There is not in the vehicle a video camera or an audio There was actually. And or what's that? I, I did have my video camera and as soon as I got to Fred, I said Fred Get my video camera out and get this on tape, but he was too scared to do it. Right, yeah. Uh, what I mean is that uh, you don't have one of those in-truck mounted oh, no, no, video no. cameras with audio that you can record the, the entire interaction so that you can put it up on YouTube and have the officer fired later like the one kid did. That's th This is the way it needs to be done. And when you have the more variables the ha you have, the worse it's going to go. That's all I'm, I'm saying. And it went pretty poorly, Sam? Uh, yeah, well, nobody ended let me up in tell jail. You how but... it ended. Let me tell you how it ended. And I, and I would agree with you. Getting cameras, uh, the revolution is going to be won by taking a lot of shots with video cameras. Yes. And just exposing this. And once people see, they'll they'll choose something different. Yep, they will. I I would totally agree with you on that. Okay. So he had finished searching the car. We're all three hanging out back there. He says, you know, you guys can go back in the truck. 
so I, I'm still kept in the back though, but my brother and his friend are in the in the cab again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he the supervisor says, you know, Tom, come here for a minute. Let me talk to you. And they have kind of a animated discussion for a few minutes. And then the supervisor comes back over to me and he says, okay, now let me tell you what we're going to do. We'll write you a ticket for having no proof of insurance because my brother couldn't find his insurance card. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, he's going to give you a warning on the stop sign. Now, if, if we did that, would you feel like you're be, you've been treated fairly? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Well, I'm thinking, let's see. I was driving down the road. I haven't harmed anyone. And I've been pulled over, uh, threatened at gunpoint. Uh, you've rifled through all my things. You've kept me right. for over an hour. And now you're uh, going to make it up to me by writing me, me some piece of paper and having me jump through a bunch more of your hoops. So your yeah, answer I don't was? Think that's fair. Right. And they wanted, what they wanted you to say was, oh, yes, officer, thank you. And just, so you know, let you me go. You said, no, it was not fair? Well, actually, I realized at that point that I was actually. Getting, make, getting through to these guys and covering some ground with them mm-hmm. and telling them, okay, well, I don't really believe in the state, so uh, let me tell you, you know, that, that wouldn't have helped my situation at all. Or I think it would have alienated them to the point where everything I had done up to that point would have been useless. Mm-hmm. So he, he, uh, I said, yeah, you know, that, I guess that's fair. Uh, the other officer, Officer Thompson, comes over. He explains, you know, the whole thing. I signed the ticket. <clears throat> and then I said, you know, would you talk to me to the to the uh, to the cop that was really aggressive with me? I said, oh. would you talk to me about this? And he said, well, yeah, I'll talk to you, boy. You know, he still had that attitude. Right. This boy uh, thing is first the first part that needs to go <laughs> yeah. because he works for you. Exactly. So no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Only in theory. It's just fantasy yeah. land, though. Right. Um, we eventually what what upset him was the fact that there was a passenger in the back consenting. And I was directly contradicting him by telling the passenger to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what set him off. And, you know, they backed up on, well, we don't know who we're pulling over. I said, yeah, I understand that. It could be anything from a murderer to a grandma. And, right. and you have no idea. Because a murderer is going to whip out their uh, driver's license and show it to you when you ask. <laughs> because that guy could have been a murderer, and he was consenting to give now, me his driver's Mark, license. To be fair, you... You never know what a traffic stop is going to turn into. You right. never know what a traffic stop is going to turn into. That's absolutely true. So, um, so we we kind of talked through that, and eventually he kind of let his guard down a little bit, and I felt like we had a good exchange, and uh, they maybe gave a little bit on their position, and I certainly gave a lot on mine. But yeah, you did. I felt like I, I made some ground, and it was a a good interaction. Hopped in the car, and uh, off we went. So wait, what are you going to have to pay in damages on this one? Well, nothing, because my brother has uh, proof of insurance. It, it, he's, he's got insurance on his truck. He just didn't have the card. So it's so one I of these to, things where you can sh- prove it later and yeah, it's fine? mail okay. it in to him. That's uh, that'll get dismissed, and the stop sign was a warning. Now, this is a great thing that I like about Julia's campaign is changing out the stop signs with yield signs. Yeah. When you think about it, when there's no corpus delecti, meaning... No injured party, and the Supreme Court says you have to have that to, to have uh, damages. What's the difference factually between a traffic a yield sign and a stop sign? It's that the cops can pull you over, yeah. search your car, and write you tickets. You got it, Sam. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate the story. And by the way, Sam has made a fantastic video. Uh, of his interaction with some tax office bureaucrat. You can go to uh, nh3.com's forum, search for Honesty at the Tax Office if you want to see it. I really enjoyed it. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, so enjoy those on us, including updates. Get signed up. We'll clue you in whenever there's something new to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10% at LegalZoom.com. We just finished talking with Sam in Texas about a uh, story about him getting pulled over and harassed by the police in Texas. And the issue, or one of the issues in his story, was the fact that his passengers by Supreme Court decision, don't have to show their identification to the police. Mm -hmm. Of course, the cops don't like that very much. And I was just thinking, we started the show out by talking about how next year in January, the borders, both both the Mexican and Canadian borders in this country, are going to get much more restrictive. Uh, They're going to require you to have a passport in order to re-enter the country. Or you'll have to have a driver's license combined with a birth certificate. Something to prove you're a U.S. citizen in order to re-enter the country. And I was thinking to myself, well, doesn't that sort of conflict with the Supreme Court decision about not having to show identification? Does the Supreme Court decision not apply to the borders of the United States? Because if the Supreme Court says that passengers don't have to show ID, then I I guess it's the border. At that point, you're not in the United States, right? So you're outside of the United States trying to get back in, and so you can show you 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 can be required to show your ID. I don't know what uh, <laughs> I don't know what the requirements are. Essentially, when they pass a rule, you've got to follow it, and it has to be struck down by the Supreme Court ten years later. That's a good point. Uh, I just feel like eventually the Supreme Court might change its mind on this one hmm. because they're going to be under a lot of pressure. Because eventually, we know that they're already making these uh, they already have these internal checkpoints. So you've got the border patrol, you've got the border checkpoints where they're asking people for ID, and the lines are getting longer and longer. And we also have these internal checkpoints that are definitely within the United States. And they're asking people for to they're asking people if they are citizens, but it's not yet a requirement that you prove it. It's not yet a requirement that mm-hmm. you show your papers inside of the country. So eventually they're going to want to go in that direction. They're, they are moving towards that, uh, towards that end. And they're not going to like very much that Supreme Court decision. So I wonder if that will be challenged. I wonder if it will be overturned. I wonder how long it will be before these things happen. Just, we predicted it here first. I feel like that's coming down the pipe. 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Hello, Justin. Hi. Um, I like, you know, I like to talk about, just, just last night, um, there was a girl, just a little girl, about 15 years old, mm-hmm. got arrested for cussing in public, Ooh. and they called it disorderly conduct. They had six officers to arrest one little girl. Where was this? this little girl. Where where'd this happen, Justin? Right in my neighborhood. Hmm. And what was the circumstances? I mean, were you uh, passing well, by at the time? She just said a cuss word in public. That was it. Was the cop there when she said the cuss word, or were the cops called because of that? I don't know. 
that's the part I do not know. But I know they they had six officers arresting one little girl, a harmless little girl. About I seen her. She's skinny. She mm-hmm. can't hurt anybody. You know. Well, it's a new world. It's a new uh, new America where it <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you didn't hurt anyone. If you hurt a cop's feelings, that's enough to arrest somebody. Apparently. Thanks for the story, man. Mm-hmm. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Is that really what we need uh, officers uh, arresting people for? I mean, can't adults handle this situation where a 15-year-old uh, foul-mouthed little girl is uh, apparently not. causing problems? Uh, we need the police to drag her away. We need the potty mouth police, apparently. 800-259-9231 to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Yeah, hi, hon. Hey. Uh, you were just talking about those police officers. Something happened to me, too. Oh, uh, about that, I was at a stop sign, and another car was in front of me, mm-hmm. and this police car comes up behind us, and he's got his lights going, so we figure he's going to some emergency, you know? Yeah, right, sure. So so we both turned, and I went down this little graded road there, and I had to go across the road to pick my son up. He was waiting for me to pick him up. And so, anyway, uh, I stopped at the end of the little road, then I crossed the road and went to the yard. Anyway, this officer follows me in there, and he starts, you know, running his mouth, and uh, saying, oh, that I was speeding and I wasn't. And then he said that uh, I didn't stop the stop sign, and that's not true. Mm. And my son was right. He was really mad. He gave him a few choice words. And so anyway, uh, he even threatened me, too. The cop did? Yeah. In what way? No <laughs> and, what did uh, he threaten you for or with? or what was He, he just uh, threatened uh, you know, for me to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this Kidnapping. is crazy. I mean, it's getting – I'm beginning to wonder. I call the sheriff's department because, I mean, he just acted like he wasn't together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, I called up there and, and you know, let him know. And matter of fact, he didn't even, on the ticket, he didn't even write the right information. Hmm. He thought we were somewhere else than where we were. He was disoriented. He didn't write the actual, lo- the, cr- the correct location on the ticket? Yeah. Now, does that mean it can get thrown out? You know how I, these yeah, guys... Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It does mean but that? the thing was, I, I warned the, 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 the sheriff department. I said, you know, I said, we're all ingesting a lot of neurological poisons in our food. <laughs> and I said... I think, you know, you need to have your guys checked out. I said, yeah, he's not detoxed. acting right. He's, he's acting been a drinking little, too much Diet a Coke. Cra- a little crazy. Well, no, but, I mean, you know, we are, I mean, a lot of stuff we're eating is really messing people up. Mm-hmm. You and, know what, Paula, uh, I don't think that's it. I think that, and, and, and while I appreciate what you're saying, and I'm sure there's some bad foods out there, I think that what we're dealing with here is, uh, what was it the guy called, the gentleman called in uh, a couple couple days ago and said that back in the 50s, they used to have a uh, disorder for this. It was like authoritarian syndrome disorder for, uh, for cops that were really high on on a power trip mm-hmm. that's all yeah. this is it's not food it's the fact that they believe they have authority over you and they get this attitude this high and mighty we're better than you are attitude and that's yeah. where this all comes from paula yeah, do other things too i want to let y'all know about it. i gave a boy some information on your station i don't know if you got it or not but anyway Ooh. um we found out this thing that was on your program about that they were going to uh bring black water to our sheriff departments and to our police departments Blackwater is gonna gonna watch over the citizens now. Yeah. Well, anyway, I got a hold of some reps. They said this was illegal. Anyway, there's an investigation going on it. Interesting. And also I'm glad this you're thing on with this the Browns. Paula. This thing with the Browns. Yeah. Uh, the representatives are working on it now, and and they violated the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution. The officers did. Nobody. Uh, no representatives are working on anything for the Browns. Yeah, they are. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I even called the New Hampshire representatives. And they didn't know he'd been, uh, uh, you know, mistreated. I mean, it says right there in the in the Constitution about this. I read it to them. I mean, they they can't do this. You know, Paula, I'm so glad you're out there getting active and uh, doing things that you think are right. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Some of the things she does, I don't know if I agree with. I don't know if they're going to have any effect. I, 
At least so she's sure doing something. She's she doing is. a heck of a lot more than yep, most people. She sure is. 1-800-259-9231, but I don't believe her on that last one. That the uh, representatives that, are... That anybody's doing anything for Ed or, or, Ed or Elaine I Brown. I believe that she believes it. Anybody within the government. I don't believe that. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind here. Uh, also, we started an email a while back, and we never really got finished with it. Really? In fact, we barely even got through the beginning of it. And it's just so good. It's just so... Uh, it's just... It's a listener who considers himself a liberal. Now, I don't know what that means, really, but he thinks he does. So... Well, he has his own definition, and right. it's difficult. Uh, these these uh, titles are applied to whomever, however, and it's difficult to even know what. Uh, I mean, to Rush Limbaugh, liberal is anybody who disagrees with him. <laughs> um, you know, to a liberal, it, it it's really it, it's a socialist. That's what it is. Um, but to Rush Limbaugh, it's somebody who disagrees. So, you know, what is it? So Rush Limbaugh called us liberals before. I am going to uh, jump into this email here. He's talking about uh, the Constitution. And Section 8, where it talks about how the uh, Congress saw the power for, to provide for the general welfare of the United States. He says, A lot of people, as I do, define this as social programs also. Its original meaning was meant to help us pursue happiness. I believe if you're starving, then you're not happy. In my opinion, a market, a free market, if you will, that's not regulated, allows for unfettered greed and needless deaths. Big Pharma and insurance companies are just two companies who have a grasp on our markets, making our citizens pay astronomical fees for our medications and treatments. See how we can absolutely just, true. There's just so much. What? Yeah, that, like, it's absolutely true. Big Pharma does have a huge grasp on, um, you know, the markets, and but why? not because they got there in the market. What's that? Not because the market got them there. No, because, because the government did. Because they the managed to, uh, to get the FDA on their side. Exactly. We'll continue with uh, more destroying his arguments in moments. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are for free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then AMP up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com and get involved in the Amplifier program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that since we give you all the features on our website for free, we ask on the back end, we say, hey, you like the show? Send us a few bucks a month. And I do mean a few. It's only three. That's all we're asking for. And it adds up. Uh, we've got hundreds of our listeners that have decided to become Free Talk Live amplifiers and send us that money, and that means that we can more effectively promote this show and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. So if that feels like something that you might want to get behind, go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll learn about the perks, like access to the amp-only chat room, the camera, uh, the uh, well, you can access the studio cam, if you, whether or not you're an amplifier, but there's a secret chat room that goes along with the studio camera ah. only amplifiers have access to uh, also the forum and um, or all the details at amp.freetalklive.com back to the email box from a listener who considers himself a liberal he's talking about how the constitution allegedly provides for the co congress uh, being able to provide for the common and general welfare of the united states and then <laughs> He mentions that uh, you know the pursuit of happiness and, and that kind of right. thing. And if somebody's not able to eat, that they they can't pursue happiness. And I, what's his name? What's the his oh. name is Caden. Caden and and Caden, I need you. I no, need it's you Dustin. Oh, Dustin. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Dustin. The name at the end was different from the name at the beginning. I I, I I need you to understand that I really can't pursue happiness unless I have a Learjet and a yacht. <laughs> 
All right. Well, he's going to argue that you need to eat in order to live. You don't need a Learjet. But what he's not, what he's not realizing about the the whole pursuit of happiness thing is if you de- if you deserve food because you've been put on this earth, that means that somebody has to go and pick it for you. And that right. means that the, somebody the, has the to right bring to it life to you. doesn't mean the right to uh, you know the um uh, that that somebody else needs to provide you with sustenance to sustain your life. I mean, I can't just not work and not do anything and expect other people to sustain my life. You certainly shouldn't be I have the to. right not to have my life taken from me by some authoritarian, but this is the sort of the, the difference between rights where it requires people to do something for you mm-hmm. and rights where they come from within you. The only rights that you can ever possibly have are rights that come from within you. The right to a religion, the right to speech, the um, the right to you know pursue happiness. All these things, they come from the inside. Rights from the outside, the right to health care, the right to an education, right the to right food. to medical care, none of this yeah. stuff. That's all crap that's been the handed, ca- on, uh, handed out to us by socialists. Right. Cavemen didn't have a right to food. They had to go out and beat it up and right. pull it off of trees I mean, how is it that now that suddenly we have a government and that suddenly there's some wealthy people around that you have rights that didn't exist before these wealthy people were around? Good question. In my opinion, he says a market, a free market, is not regulated, allows for unfettered greed and needless deaths. Well, really, all that tells me, Dustin... That's an opinion about um, not knowing what a free market is, because you've never seen one, Dustin. Exactly. We don't live in a free market today. We live in a mixed economy where there's all kinds of government involvement in, uh, in industry and in business. And what we've found is that greed is dangerous when you combine it with power. Mm-hmm. And power comes from government structures. Okay, You don't get power by being in charge of Walmart. Right. Okay? Walmart doesn't have power that has not been given to it by the government. Walmart has never put a gun to my head and forced me through their doors. I've right. gone through voluntarily every well, single the people, time. The, Walmart has power because it makes people happy outside of the marketplace. But it doesn't I have mean, that in, power. In the marketplace. It's not power. It's, power's not an accurate term. Money's Walmart might have influence in our lives, but it's, it's our choice every single time to go there. If all of a sudden Walmart stops making people happy, if its customers decide that for whatever reason they don't want to shop there anymore, then all of Walmart's power goes away as the customers go away. See, in the free marketplace, businesses can only, greedy businessmen, can only profit by satisfying consumers. So you cannot have true dangerous greed in the marketplace. It's okay if a business owner is greedy in a free market because, again, if he's providing a valuable product and a valuable service at a decent price, he's going to get customers. Right. The only thing he's going to get for his greed is by, you know, the only thing that's going to result in is him doing good things for other people. Right. That's how the free market works. It's when that greedy business owner gets in charge of the, the reins of the state, when he gets in charge of government or gets one of his friends elected to government, that his friends or he decides to pass laws that protect his business from new competition, which we see in the form of regulations and licensing today. These aren't things that protect consumers. They're sold as ideas that protect consumers, but in reality, they protect protect the existing business owners from new competition. Therefore, combining that greed with the power puts those business owners in a much more powerful and influential position than Mm -hmm. they would normally be in a free marketplace. But let's go on. He says the policies of privatization create issues like we had with Katrina and Walter Reed. Wait a minute. Katrina and Walter Reed were both both issues that uh, were caused by the government. I mean... Katrina, they didn't even let anybody who was private in there at all. It was uh, FEMA locking out Walmart. Walmart tried to bring in trucks full of water and ice, and, wa- and uh, FEMA said, sorry, turn around. Right. You're not Walter allowed. Reed's a government hospital. Maybe there were some private contractors that were working in the government hospital. Maybe they dropped the ball. But let's talk about the private hospitals that work every single day, Dustin. I mean, what you're doing is you're taking a government example that's been, uh, you know, 
where they've used government force to fund this thing and then handed it over to some private contractors. But yes. let's talk about hospitals where people have the choice to go, not ones where they're essentially, um, you know, they're coerced to some extent to go to. Well, they're given the free, they're promised free care. Right, in the same way that, I mean, Walter Reed's a crappy hospital in the same way that public schools stink and private schools are a lot better. Exactly. Dustin, if you had a child, where would you want to send it? To a to a stinking government school, which you know are the worst ones in our communities, or would you rather send that child to a public school? All things being, or excuse me, a private, a private school. school. All things being equal. Great question. Uh, but with the Walter Reed case, and I think you're right, Mark. There were some privatization things going on there, where they brought in some companies to take care of some things. That's the problem with the term privatization. Tell, that term talk has about been the, destroyed. Talk um, the ambulance service that um, was on that was going during the Katrina. Ambulance service. Don't you remember the uh, the private ambulance service? All the ambulance drivers in New Orleans had left. They decided we're out of there. Oh, there was right. one emergency provider that just stayed on. They weren't actually from New Orleans. Um, they were from you know some somewhere surrounding one of the surrounding area. And they uh, made calls for the as as long as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. They stayed on and they did their jobs. Private contractors that did this, government employees left. Why, Dustin? Because they don't care about you. The point I was making um, was that the term privatization or privatized has been destroyed by by these half-assed government privatization efforts, where what happens is the government selects some you know, greedy businessman or whatever who's got friends in government and says, okay, we want you to come in here and, uh, and uh, do accounting for us, so we're going to privatize the accounting, and therefore, you know, you, you know, they bring a private company in to take care of mm-hmm. one of the aspects of the government bureaucracy. And then inevitably, when that doesn't go that well, because it's still a government bureaucracy, just part of it's being privatized, they can turn around and blame privatization. They can say, see, we told you this privatization stuff doesn't work, and that's a per- his email is a perfect example of how people are, are uh, have just destroyed the term privatization. Yeah. So it's re- it's really uh, that's another one you shouldn't you should stay away from when you're trying to communicate to people. I like marketize better, which if you are having a government program partially run by a private company, that's not marketization. Marketization is full on transition from government program to something voluntarily funded. Anyway, corporations, he says, do not always have the commons in mind and are bound by law to make their stockholders happy first. This means money. Who, who would have thought that corporations did have the commons in mind? Um, yeah, I don't know what know, that means. Well, it, I, it, it probably means that uh, Exxon's going to destroy our park system. They're going to rain yeah. oil down on the <laughs> trees and pump out sewage and, or whatever, you know, this this greeny gobbledygook out there that that, uh, that exists. Right. Um, look. We wouldn't propose for a second the commons. Have you ever looked at public parks compared to privately maintained amusement parks and those kind of things? There's no comparison at all. I know I'd rather go to the bathroom at Disney World than in any public park any day. Yeah. Do you remember that uh, the public restroom when we were out in California um, near the handball courts? Oh, yes, in um, uh, Venice Beach. Oh, my God. It was the most horrifying experience (laughs) ever. I, I wouldn't touch anything in there. Yeah. That's the kind of thing where I use my foot to open doors and stuff. Mm. <laughs> anyway, he's, I wish I had a blowtorch to open that door. He says this means money, not people, are more important to them. Now we should all, uh, we need to point this out. Corporations are a creation, and I, I was thinking about this the other night, Mark. I've never used this one on the air before, mm-hmm. but corporations are a creation of the most evil corporation of them all. It's true. There is an the most evil corporation out there. It's the government. Yep. The, the government, government incorporated. is incorporated. The government incorporated, and then it created sub-corporations for 
business people to mm-hmm. uh, to create for themselves in order to insulate themselves from lawsuits, in order to insulate themselves, to protect themselves using the power of the government. So once again, the reason why corporations are dangerous to whatever extent they are is because they're in bed with the most evil corporation of mm-hmm. all, the government. Anyway, 800... And corporations should be... Uh, the people in the run corporations should be liable for their actions in the same way that government employees that hurt people, um, in the, they should be liable for their actions, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. 800-259-9231. Somebody's bad idea of socialism, if that hurts somebody, well, they should be held responsible. More big government debunking. This email isn't done. We'll finish it up in hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind as we launch in hour number three of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. And that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com as we go to the phones to the fun. Talk to Matt in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Matt. Hey, how are you guys doing today? What's on your mind? Um, I wanted to say a little bit about rights. I wanted to run this by you. Okay. A little bit of an explanation. Um, People, you know, when they talk about rights, and, and particularly when they refer to the Constitution, have to realize what was going on at the time that that was written. And they, when they're talking about it and they're trying to put it in modern terms and they're saying we have the right to medical care or whatever, mm-hmm. they're taking things completely out of context. The, the Founding Fathers didn't care about medical care. The Founding Fathers were under siege from a tyrannical government across the oceans that were keeping them from re- from trading freely with other countries mm-hmm. and, and keeping their money and right were- <laughs> and they were they were taking their money and stuff and the founding fathers wanted that to stop so when they're talking about rights they're talking about their own right to self determination mm-hmm. they are trying to get rid of a government they are not saying government come and help us they're saying government leave us alone stay out of our lives well you're right well, one uh, of the one of the problems that i've got with it is that um you sort of uh, you give the founding fathers the ability to create rights um you know when they you know that that somehow the the founding documents uh give us our rights and that the founding fathers must have therefore given us our our rights well, and that gives the, that gives current i understand that's not what you're saying but the, the explanation could sound the way that way to a socialist that way hillary clinton has the right to in fact give us all the right to Healthcare, because she said it, she speaks it into being. It's true, and it's just not. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would disagree with that. Of course, you would. <laughs> my, my point, my point being, I mean, it, it says there, it says these rights were given to us by God. That, mm-hmm. that is said in, I think, the Declaration of Independence. Or I'm not sure if it's said in the Constitution mm-hmm. or not. But the point, the the point I'm making is that. The, the people that were in charge of setting up this government, the ones that really wanted it and really were fighting for it, were fighting for government to leave us alone. Mm-hmm. True Pure to a simple. point. 
true to a point, but uh, it was it was the influences of people like Alexander Hamilton uh, that made it so the Constitution was far less of a uh, more pro- far less a pro liberty document than the Articles of Confederation were, and so his crew might have been responsible for the phrase about the general welfare, which of course is like you know the, this loophole that you can stick a truck through. Well, and uh, it has become basically. a loophole that, uh, that you can stick a truck through. It, right. it wasn't originally, and that's why there's a problem with standing firm on the Constitution as your basis for liberty, Mm. because if you talk to a socialist, they'll just say, well, that's your interpretation. And that's your interpretation, uh, Matt, of what the Founding Fathers were thinking. They could interpret things differently, and they do. And unfortunately, they're the ones that are in charge. So that's sort of one of the reasons why you know, I used to feel like the Constitution was really important, but then I eventually found that, well, it's got all these loopholes, and you can't... It's like arguing the Bible with somebody, you know? <laughs> you can interpret these things in different ways, and it may be cut and clear to us, but for everybody else, it's not that way. So I think it's just important to... You can use the Constitution and make some points, but if they start going in that direction of, well, the general welfare says you can do anything, well, then you just need to back away from the Constitution at that point and say, look, this is about liberty, not about the Constitution. Right, which is why, which is my original point was how they're taking it out of context. They're taking it out of the context of the times that it was that it was in. That much is true, but I guess, you know, they're in charge, so that's what they're going to do. <laughs> they're in charge now. Hopefully not for long. Yeah, thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. The yep. Constitution was a great attempt. Yeah, it's it certainly really no infallible thing. It, it said the blacks were worth three-fifths um, of a person and certainly didn't give them the right to vote. Right. Um, it, it's it's by no means uh, you know, faultless, but it's it's a good they it's a tried. Good place to start. You know, they thought they could bind the uh, the government down with the chains of the Constitution, and as it turned out, well, it just you know took a, they took a torch to the chains, a, a welder, and yeah, they, like there were chains at yeah, all. Just <laughs> cut them right, cut right through those chains, as uh, the people weren't really paying much attention when that was going on, and subsequently they took control of the government education system and started teaching young people that it is indeed the government that gives you the rights, and these are things they teach in in government schools. You have rights because of the Constitution, uh, things like like that just nonsense and misinformation and here we are today here we are today with the supreme court that can interpret the constitution in whatever way it wants to without mm-hmm. any sort of penalty right and, and there's just they they say things that are just ludicrous and, and you know there's nothing we can do about it right there's no one else you can appeal to they are the end all be all as far as this government is concerned so that's why getting back to the constitution is a good start that's why the constitution would be a nice starting point for achieving more liberty in this country. So it's still valid in that you can point to it and say, well, let's try to get here and then talk about more liberty from from that point on. But if you get into a constitutional discussion with somebody, it's going to end up in a stalemate. You can't convince someone who believes, someone who believes that that general welfare clause in the Constitution is... That just means, well, there needs to be uh, government welfare programs and payments and subsidies and I, farm subsidies. I don't think that they really believe that. I think that they, they consider it a loophole through the Constitution. I mean, the Constitution, if I you read I don't think it, you're right. I don't think they consider it a loophole. I think they really believe it. The Congress shall have the power to provide for the general welfare. That sounds to me, and I can understand how they would see this way, that sounds to me like they want to provide things for your welfare. So, again, you just get into a debating contest, and no one's ever going to win anything. There you go. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the Gord Captain in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? When I called on last Friday, 
when Jorge made a dastardly attack after I left calling you the boar. <laughs> Jorge, <laughs> yeah, he called you the he called you the boar captain. That was cool. right. Well, you don't know the secret purpose behind that attack. While while he was distracting me with his cowardly antics, some spiders emerged from a hole, apparently leading all the way back to I believe it was Idaho. Mm-hmm. That was apparently dug by some guy on moxie weed. The spiders were crawling out. We're going to steal the gourd. Do you know how big of a threat that is? That thing goes nuclear could blow the entire city. Sounds dangerous, Gord Captain. Yeah. You know, then before I could turn around, there were cans of asparagus blocking the, pu- the pile. And a pile blocking You're as high case. as Jorge is. <laughs> Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Uh, let's go back to the email box. We started this last hour. It's from somebody who claims to be a liberal, and it's just full of misinformation and I like emails full of misinformation and uh, just silly claims, so we'll debunk it. Uh, he says, I love money. Don't get me wrong. But too much of anything is a bad thing. You know, I just have to disagree with that. I don't think that you can have too much money. No, I, don't, I if, don't think so either. I think that um, there are attitudes that sometimes can go with money. Um, you know, the Bible says that the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Somehow mm-hmm. or another, that well, has gotten turned into a silly old book, just like the Constitution is an old document. I understand that that's how you feel about it, but a great deal of people consider the Bible to be very relevant. I love lives. money. Mm-hmm. You think I'm evil? Um, I think that you can uh, get some attitudes around money that uh, can be bad for you and bad for other people. I can sure. understand unhealthy attitudes. That I understand. Yeah. Uh, but to say that, and I do agree generally with the statement that. You know, anything in excess can be harmful. Mm-hmm. I do generally agree with that. But if you ever find yourself feeling as though you have too much money, there are plenty of people and organizations out there that will be happy to relieve you of your burden. Yes. Including Free Talk Live's AMP program at amp.freetalklive.com. <laughs> uh, but seriously, though, uh, money isn't the root of all evil. Money is whatever you, money allows you to. To have the freedom to do what you want. Right. Um, uh, you know, the, having money allows people to do all kinds of great things. Right. All it, kinds of philanthropy. It, it provide great services for people. Precisely. If it weren't for profits, then businesses wouldn't be able to contribute that money to other uh, worthwhile organizations. Julia and I were at the grocery store the other day. It's a great little chain in the Northeast called Price Chopper. And they had this uh, 75 years, like they've been open for 75 years, and they had this brochure. Shopping prices. They had this brochure that just talked all about the company. And, you know, how it was started by the family way back when, and here's all their innovations. Price Chopper innovated 24 hours for grocery stores. Really? Back in the 1970s. That just made me feel good, uh, because <laughs> I just love 24-hour stores. But they were also talking about all the different charities that they gave to. They had two full pages just with... Various different types of charity, you know, everything from breast cancer to helping animals that they're contributing some of their profits to. And you just look at this thing and you say, how can people hate companies? They're helping people. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website, uh, right there at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. 800-259-9231. As we continue uh, sharing an email with you from a listener who considers himself a liberal, 
but really only because he's been misinformed, just like most of, most people in America. He's got a lot of misinformation in his head about what the marketplace is and about what greed is and government is. Rich people. Rich people, money, and, you know, money's the root of all evil, all this nonsense that we've been programmed to believe. And hopefully some of this will undo that programming. If not with him, but maybe with you. 800-259-9231. He goes on after saying that he th- thinks that money uh, is generally good, but too much of it could be a bad thing. Eh, I, I just have to disagree. I wish I had a whole lot more money coming in. Because I could do a lot of neat things with it that I can't afford right now. That I'd like to do. Someday I will. Someday we'll get there. Anyway, uh, he says what's happening now is simple. Lobbyists pay off politicians so they and their companies can write policy into law that benefits them. That much he's right about. We pay twice as much as the next country for our meds as a result. Big oil is my other gripe, but I won't get into that. Uh, First of all, he is correct that companies do pay lobbyists and they do get laws written to benefit them. This is the problem. The FDA's existence, in fact, is uh, something that seriously benefits the pharmaceutical industry. Sure. Because it costs billions of dollars in order to push a new pharmaceutical product through the FDA's approval process. Not only does it cost billions of dollars, but it also takes about 10 years. And How these, many people die that could have been saved by these, uh, these drugs that companies have come up with because the FDA has got this long vetting process? It's a fine question. You, it's hard to calculate the total number of damage, but, but what you can look at is people, you know, for instance, with heart conditions that are dying because they don't have access to a new experimental heart medication, you can count those deaths. It's just you have to dig them up and, and find that information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the FC, the, my point being, the FDA makes it very difficult for a new startup company to bring some radical, revolutionary new drug to the marketplace. So, therefore, since nobody, since you and I, Mark, if we discover, you know, let's say we're scientists and you know, amateur scientists, we discover a cure for cancer. We can't do anything with that cure for cancer because we don't have the billion billion dollars to push it through the FDA's approval process. No, you're gonna have to take it to Big Pharma. So it's it's like this closed club almost between government people and these corporations that are just they're using they're scratching each other's backs they're using each other to make each other much more influential and powerful than they ever been in the past and it's it's just fantasy to believe that you can elect somebody who's going to change that system so dramatically that all of a sudden the power mongering freaks are going to just decide to change their ways and go home but it's not going to happen so does that mean that Ron Paul couldn't possibly get elected and actually make a difference? Uh, he's going to have a tough road to hoe, no doubt about it. I think if it would he, make a difference. If he does get in, he could make a difference. But that's only because Ron Paul is unique amongst 535. Yeah, he he's the only guy amongst 535 maniacs in, uh, in Congress that actually adheres to his principles. These other guys can be bought out for a few thousand bucks. And do you think your candidates regularly are going to be, are. Are be different? Anyway, he says, no regulation on businesses and the lack of taxes from the people who make and hold 70% of the nation's wealth would force us to be a third-world-type nation, with the rich being the ruling class and the poor being used to serve their needs. I believe we fought for independence to get away from that. We didn't want to be overtaxed or ruled by a king. Now, we didn't have these uh, regulatory programs before, I don't know, 1913. Were the rich ruling over the poor at that point? Or do we have a strong middle class and a strong merchant class? I think the latter. That's exactly true. He says, I believe after six years of uh, Bush and company and their right-wing policies that resemble corporate welfare, that we already see the huge imbalance of wealth starting to take hold. Now, this imbalance exists because of what we've been talking about earlier, because they're working together. That's why the big companies want a big government, Dustin. 
That's the reason. Because they can use that big government against you. Yeah, sure, you'll get Hillary Clinton in and she'll fight for the little guy, supposedly. Not that I believe that crap for a second. They're, they're all in bed with the lobbyists. But let's say that she really is. She's, she's uh, you know, uh, Trotsky, uh, reincarnated. She's going to fight for the little guy. Well, fine. Then once the, you know, the, the pendulum swings, and all you have to do is look at history in, in America. All you have to do is look at the presidents. The pendulum doth swing, and those pendulums going to swing back after Trotsky. Then you're going to have Adolf Hitler, and you're going to have built this giant, giant government around Trotsky so that he can help people, and then Adolf Hitler's going to get it. Well, let's look at one of the examples of, uh, of areas where the people that don't normally support corporations cheer on the government, but yet these the things they're cheering on actually help the corporations, which they don't realize. Like the FDA. En- environmental regulations is mm-hmm. one of those areas. Uh, for instance, the environmentalists are constantly you know, yelling and screaming for more regulations, more regulations. We need more rules and more government uh, rules for these companies to follow. But what they don't understand is that the big corporations can afford to comply with the new regulations. Mm-hmm. So if the new regulation you know, requires that some coal company puts a, 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 some sort of filter up on their, their stacks, well, it's no big deal. They've got enough money coming in. Well, the last thing they want is competition. Right. They'll hire the lawyers and no, no problem because they, they're wiping sweat off their brow because the environmentalist lobby also has prevented new nuclear, uh, nuclear power facilities from being built. So nobody can really compete with the coal burning facilities. And it's that's one example. Pesticides, other things, you know, the, the, there's so many different environmental regulations. The big corporations can handle it. They just hire a few more lawyers, increase their prices on their products by just a few pennies. That's all it will take to cover the cost of the new lawyers. Mm-hmm. And problem solved. Nobody else can get in because with each new regulation, the barrier to entry into that business gets higher and higher and higher. And all the while, the environmentalists cheer this on as though they're doing something good for, their, uh, for the world. All you're doing is you're insulating these existing businesses from anybody new with a new radical idea coming in and shaking up their industry. That's what you're doing. Anyway, he goes on. He says, uh, I believe we fought for independence from a king, blah, blah, blah. Most jobs are low-paying and don't include benefits. Mothers who have kids and Most jobs... Hold on. This guy just said, most jobs are low-paying and don't include benefits. That's what he said. Okay. Let's just shoot the legs right out from under him. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Go ahead. Well, now, wait a minute. How can you back that up, Mark? Most jobs are low-paying and don't have benefits? It's ridiculous. Most jobs have benefits. Most jobs pay well above minimum wage. Most full-time jobs have benefits. I don't know if part-timers get that Do you much. think that more people are employed in part-time jobs in America than full-time? I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you're... You, you, Certainly the money, the, the breadwinners are getting full-time pay. Are we are we counting two year olds now? Are we counting seventy year olds? No, most people um, uh, that we're talking about are between the ages of eighteen and sixty five, and those people largely have pretty good paying jobs and largely have benefits. He says most not all benefits. They may not be able to uh, get eyeglasses and dental work, but they have some kind of benefit. He says mothers who have kids and no father have to live off that money and provide for their children. Holding two jobs and having children doesn't sound like happiness to me. I empathize, uh, empathize with that woman or man because I was one of their children. We'll continue. 800-259-9231. Do we need government welfare around to help out moms with two kids with no uh, no father around? Is that why we need government welfare? 
Telling me the market can't handle this? Charities can't pick up this ball? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Say CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go shopping with us. If you go to amazon.freetalklive.com, someone was asking me uh, the other, uh, actually a few hours ago in the amplifier-only chat room, what's the percentage that Free Talk Live gets from Amazon? They thought it was something like half a percent to a percent. And honestly, that's what I thought it was going to be when I, when I was looking into this program mm-hmm. with Amazon. And I was shocked to find out how generous their uh, their associates program is. Uh, Free Talk Live, when you enter Amazon through Amazon. Well, it's not generous. It works for them. <laughs> well, okay. Amazon.freetalklive.com. I was surprised at how, how I much? considered it generous. Because mm-hmm. uh, it could have been it's less. Not generous. Than, it could have been it less works. than I would have signed up, Mark. That's all I'm saying. I understand. Anyway. It's a lot. It's not generous. Whatever. Anyway. Um, it's generous compared to some percentage uh, sales no, Generosity um, connotates the feeling in their heart, Ian. Mm-hmm. The feeling in their heart is they want you to bring them customers. And we do that very, very well at Free Talk Live because we try so hard because the percentage is good, not generous. I'm going to have to look up the definition of generous now. Now I, now I want to know because I felt like it was generous. Anyway, uh, that's how I felt in my heart, Mark. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about that? perception uh but anyway it's four to four percent for electronics it doesn't go any higher than that but for everything else it's higher uh for everything else they sell it depends on the amount of items that we sell mm-hmm. so the more items we sell the amount goes up and up and up it can go all the way up to as much as 10 percent so i think we usually get it around at, around eight i think is usually what we uh, we pull in so the low Pretty end, good. the low end t- tends to be around five to six, but we sell enough items because of you going to Amazon.freetalklive.com that we can get up into the upper echelons of the percentages. Anyway, just figured I'd share that. If you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com, anything you buy, whether it used or new, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Let's continue with this email here uh, from a so-called liberal, and he says he's concerned about moms. He's talking about welfare. Who have kids and no father. They need to live off the money they're earning and provide for their children. Holding two jobs and having children, he says, doesn't sound like happiness to me. He says, I empathize with that woman or man because I was one of their children. Right, Dustin. And what you propose to do to solve that problem is to be extraordinarily generous with other people's money. You don't propose to go out and do a day's work, not a moment. You won't lift your finger to do anything to help those people. How many charities have you donated to? What you want to do is you want to stick your hand in someone else's pocket and help those people out by stealing money from other people. Justin, that's not the way you do it. This is the same kind of liberal. Tr- this is the c- kind of tripe that you hear from quote unquote liberals. And um, to me, you know, the, ter- the term's way overused, and it's mm-hmm. difficult to know exactly what it means. But um, usually, a person that calls themselves a liberal is, in fact, or a progressive is, in fact, a socialist. Um, and they don't like to carry around their hammer, hammer and sickle outside, so they hide it. Right. Um, now, when Rush calls somebody a liberal, it could just mean anything. Somebody who disagrees with him. This guy believes that if it weren't for but government programs, here's what liberals 
liberals have a problem with. They believe that, um, you know, that with, we see a problem, let's create a government program to fix that problem, and we'll throw a bunch of money at it, and that has to solve it. And is all you have to do. All you have to do is look at America's public school system, and you will realize that that simply doesn't work. Public schools take twice as much money as as a rule that private than private schools do in their same communities. Now, there certainly are some high-end preparatory schools out there that you can pay a great deal of money. But as a rule, in the communities, private schools are double what a uh, you know, uh, or they do me, more a public, for less. A public a government school is about twice per student as to what a uh, you know a, a private organization and is. the private schools do better for less. And yes, they do. So they cost less and perform better. And ever since the government has really gotten a hold, especially the the, the federal government has really gotten a hold of our public school system, where it's gone down and down and down. You know, now we're ranked somewhere in the sixty um you know sixtieth uh, nation as far as education but goes. Also, but he's talking about welfare, and and we can look he's, at that but too. It, 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 the you fact is, the government's bad at administering right. these things. That's right. And, and uh, at the federal level, seventy percent of the uh, the welfare dollars go to the middle class bureaucrats. Running the program, he doesn't care that if it's it's inefficient and has um, only thirty cents go to to the um, people that uh, you know are in the program. He doesn't care that in fact more probably half of those people in that program don't need welfare. What they need to do is get up off their well, butts and get jobs. He should care. Wait now, wait a minute, because some people there in he just or wants to throw money because he feels bad. He should care somebody else's money if he claims to really care about poor people or single moms in tough situations or whatever. If he really cares about those people, then shouldn't he care about the percentages? Shouldn't he care that private charities do the job for the reverse? Instead of spending 70% on overhead, they're spending 30% or less on overhead and helping their helping people with 70% or more of the money? Shouldn't he care about the fact that private charities are more interested in getting their people off of the welfare rolls than Perhaps the, uh, he should, but yeah. I I don't I don't I just don't see That's that happening. That's all I'm pointing out. If you really do truly care about people, you couldn't Possibly support the government welfare programs because you're victimizing everyone to pay for this the most inefficient form of aid possible. Anyway, he says a truly free market that also took care of the social aspect of society would be working for greed without regulation. And the last thing I want to see is yet another person dumped off while sick on the doorstep of people who and organization people uh people and organizations who care. What? I don't understand that. A truly like, can I read this back to you, Mark, and tell me if you get okay. it. A truly free market that also took care of the social aspect of society would be working for greed without regulation. And the last thing I want to see is yet another person dumped off while sick on the doorstep of people and organizations who care. I have no idea what that it's nonsense. means. Uh, yeah, what? <laughs> next, As though the next. Salvation Army is working for greed? What are you talking about? Has this person ever worked for a charity or even come close to one of the, to, to their dealings? Um, no, likely he has never uh, even stepped foot in uh, Salvation Army. Uh, these organizations are fantastic. He says, in the end, for me, it's Goodwill, all... Goodwill, great. He says, in the end, for me, it's all about people first. Big money and corporations second. Making it, it, what, it, what it is for you, Dustin, is stealing people's money in order to make yourself feel better. Right. If it was all about people, you'd stop stealing from them. I mean, if you really care about people, stop using force on them. That's what government programs do. Government is force. You can't have a government program without somebody with a gun making threats to people that if you don't pay, you're going to go to jail. That's what government is. Nothing more, nothing less. But anyway, he says, making money isn't a bad thing. However, a lack of loyalty to U.S. workers and globalization is not good for our country. We need social programs. I thought people that were against globalization were the conservatives. 
I don't even know what globalization means. Globalization, it largely, um, when used by a liberal, is talking about corporations, multinational corporations. What's wrong with people doing trade around the world? But these companies are too big. They're dangerous. He says we need social programs and policies to protect us from these things. Protect? I don't need to be protected from companies. They can't get my money without my consent. But they're harming the environment. Nonsense. The government's the biggest polluter. The government pollutes more than the U.S. military. And allows these companies to pollute. They get away with it because of the government. He says, uh, uh, I do agree with having a smaller government, however, he says, and having less bureaucracy. Because what he wants is to get rid of the army. (laughs) <laughs> he says we need better policies. Well, I want to get rid of that too. Anyway, he says we need but better I, policies. You know, th- th- this is th- this is what they talk about. We're going to make government efficient. I believe the government can work. That kind Nonsense. of liberal tripe. He says we need. Show me a government that's worked. But, now, wait a Show minute, me Mark. one thing that's worked. It's it, conservatives believe the government can work too. Conservatives believe the border patrol works yeah, and right. that uh, drug interdiction efforts work. You're right. And that you know. You're right. So my, as my long mistake, as it's sorry. their guys and just their program, they can make it work. Anyway, he says we need better policies that allow the government to work for its people and not large corporations, and we need more efficient models of the old programs that worked well in the past, but allow too many people to freeload off the system when they actually don't need the money. Mm-hmm. They make the common man look bad and allow for these current policies to be overlooked. We it's- need bureaucrats to suddenly be incentivized and care about their jobs. Sorry, it doesn't happen. It's bureaucracy. They're, They're incentivized to not care about their jobs. They're well, incentivized- they care about their jobs. They care about keeping their jobs forever. Right, but not doing them well. <laughs> they don't have to. It's uh, just too bad. Some people don't understand, he says, that individual greed is much less threatening to our society than corporate greed. And, and he, even the bureaucrats will tell you, um, you know, they, they, not in their particular, their, their personal instance, but they can look, look around them and they can say, oh, yeah, this is inefficient. Oh, yeah, that guy is not doing his job. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's a lot more that could be done here. Anyway, back to my solitaire. That's what they would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says you have a great show. You sound reasonable, but until you get the whole free, you, until you get into the whole free market ideas, which admittedly I haven't heard you discuss enough to hear you defend well, considering I've listened to two shows total. Oh, you're so new, Dustin. Keep listening. You'll get it eventually. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Call at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features on the site, totally free. So enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system with over a quarter million posts. That's a lot. Serious issues and fun stuff. It's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. SavvyRest.com as we go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Scott in Winnipeg. You're on Free Talk Live. Scott. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I, I had, uh, this past Saturday, I had a meeting with my member of parliament. There are federal representatives. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, she had, like, a little uh, community meeting and, um, you know, handed out flyers. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to talk to her and, and get some feedback and let her know what's on my mind. Okay. Um, so well, here's my conclusion, and this is really relevant to what you are just talking about with welfare, is that people really expect the government to take care of them. 
It's an entitlement and, mentality, and it's been yeah. uh, indoctrinated into us uh, from day one. As in the though the government, government really could take care of you if th- that was what it was uh, set out to do. Well, and the people at this meeting, there weren't a lot of them. Like, really, there were like ten people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a small little roundtable thing. But uh, people came there with issues they wanted to discuss. And I came there more as just as, as a general thing. I didn't really have anything specific to bring up. Right. But there was this one fellow there who was, wasn't getting his morning breaks at his where he was working, and oh, he God. wanted our member of parliament to do something about it because mm. he wasn't getting his break in the morning. I despise I mean, people like him. People I mean, like you come him. come to see your federal representative, and that's what you bring to the table? It's just apparently it is. He can't handle his own problems. I mean, look, if you're not getting your breaks and it's such a big deal to you and you go to the manager and they're not going to do anything for you, go to the competition and tell them you'd like a job where you can get breaks and you're willing to bring your business over there. I can't stand it when people go to the government. They go crying to mommy government when somebody in a business does something they don't like. Use your use your power as an employee. Take your valuable labor, presuming he's any good, and uh, take it somewhere else. It's just so sad. And, and that's and that's and that was only one guy, right? Other people were talking about they're talking about the environment and things like that, uh, as if the government can like fix global warming. Like, what are we going to do here? I mean, we can have a small impact, but but really, uh, when she asked me what were my issues, I said, you know, I'm actually a pretty content person. I don't really have big issues, but I talk about civil liberties, and these are the things that concern me. And uh, I brought up uh, uh, marijuana, specifically medicinal, because I, I figure baby steps, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but this representative was with the Liberal Party, and they are in support of medicinal marijuana, uh, or legalizing marijuana altogether, but they're not in power right now. Okay. Uh, but they had started steps for that when they were in power. Um, but when I brought that up, then someone else said, oh, well, my brother's been addicted to marijuana for 30 years. And I said... Well, I said, well, people have the right to do what they want to with their own body, you know, right. and then I just kind of moved on from there. But yeah, well, hey, dude, the uh, marijuana's been illegal for 30 years, so mm-hmm. what's your point? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, that's that's his problem, just because you're... Just because your brother has a problem with it doesn't mean all these other people should not. By the way, here's it. here's an interesting uh, viewpoint on this. And this this whole this whole process for you probably should have been very instructive. And I'm sure you got this. And tell me if you felt the same way. Sure. It seems to me that you're describing that the ten people that attended this meeting, you know, you being one of the ten, the other nine were all interested in having some sort of government program formed or some yeah. sort of benefit sent to them. This goes to show you who it is that is active out there in the world of government. Who amongst the community, amongst the people that live in your area, are most interested in contacting their representatives, are most interested in going to these town meetings, are most interested in being involved in government? Who are they? They're the people that want something. They're the people that want some new government program or some government perk or benefit to be directed over in their direction. All of the other productive people, the people in the economy, the business owners, the entrepreneurs, the workers, the hard workers, the people that are out there working two or three jobs, these people don't have time to go to these silly little government roundtable meetings. They're busy. They're putting food on the table. They're innovating. They're coming up with new products and services to offer the marketplace. They can't, they can't concern themselves with the goings-on and the machinations of the state, so they keep doing their thing while these welfare queens and these people with the entitlement mentality are the ones getting all of the face time in front of the representatives. I mean, that's what was going on here. And it shows that, that liberty-minded people need to be more active in doing these sort of things. Now, that's the only people, uh, my MP, that's the only voices she heard were, were these other people yep. besides me. That's probably right. what she's describe getting all the time. 
And and that's why they can say with a straight face, well, my, my constituents want a new smoking ban, or my constituents want a new this and that, or this new program here, because that's all they're hearing from anybody. Now, I'm not saying that if all of a sudden a bunch of small government people showed up, that these representatives would change their tune. They wouldn't. But I'm just pointing out that there aren't any small government people to speak of. You only went on a lark. You just wanted to see what it was all about. Sad stuff. Thanks for the story, man. We appreciate it. Let us know anything else that happens. 800-259-9231. But it still is important for people of a small government mindset, people of a pro-liberty mindset, to get involved. To be as involved as possible. Yes. Um, You know, you get in there, you talk to these representatives as often as you can, you you go to the local, uh, whatever local government meetings there are, but what you'll find is you're the only one. Yep. It's you. And the rest of them are a bunch of crybabies who want a bunch of problems solved by the government. Which could also make you want to just give it up and go home and go do something productive with your time. You aren't the only small government person to have ever gone to one of these meetings. It's just that there's no uh, productivity for you, whereas when they go, they'll likely get a handout of some sort or another. Right. Um, Let me promise something. So, you know, what, what I found is I'm just not interested in doing that in my local community. I moved for the Free State Project, and there's people at every one of these meetings. Every one of them. There's not there's, enough yet. There's not enough, but, you know. Like Julia's the only one here in Keene. Right. But they'll still, you're talking about a, uh, you know, somebody who could be an elected representative or something like that. That's but the only reason she's going. When they had the uh, eminent domain issue, there were all kinds of uh, people there. Well, that's true. So, um, you know, it, it, it makes more sense when you have strength in numbers. There's just no numbers on a local level. Unless you move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and help us build the numbers here. It can be done, but we need you. Anyway, freestateproject.org to learn more about that. Let's go to Joe in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Joe? Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Real quick on this welfare. It wasn't long ago when I was listening to NPR, which, of course, is... You know, a little bit liberal slanted, I suppose, but it seems sort I kind of, of think but that they're more objective than most. It's like a radio uh, network on welfare, NPR. It, basically, yeah, mm-hmm. which is why whenever they fail to mention Ron Paul, I'm almost like, well, of course they're not going to mention him. He's going to... They do really good probably... mentioning Ron Paul. They're very good about mentioning him, and they know you that they're... What's that? I haven't heard him. I oh, my heard God. I've heard an interview. Uh, yeah, interview with Ron Paul. I've heard, um, you know, whenever they seem to talk to me, whenever I hear them talk about presidential candidates, they spend more time on Ron Paul than anybody else. Oh. <laughs> uh, they said uh, today that Huckabee was the emerging second-tier candidate at this point, mm-hmm. which they've been saying over and over. But uh, it was on NPR that I heard this welfare report, and I think it was like Wisconsin or Wyoming, you know, uh, where they did a study on welfare. Imagine that all these W's and... Uh, Basically, what they found was that if they gave people who were uh, on the welfare program uh, sort of a deadline and offered them, you know, um, assistance with maybe training or anything like that, you know, clerical training and and different things like that through the government, if they were on a welfare program, by putting a deadline on the welfare, they actually got off of the welfare. But if you left the welfare as sort of this permanent, um, you know, solution to a problem, and they just stayed on the welfare. And this was back, I guess, during the Reagan years, and they were studying these women who were pulled off of welfare or denied welfare uh, program benefits, and they kind of just caught back up with them. And they said, well, that was the best thing that ever happened to me was getting off welfare. When they said that I couldn't get it anymore, mm-hmm. it incentivized me to get up and get out and do things for myself. And mm-hmm. They had turned their lives around by this point. Right, you're not doing anybody any all- favor with, with welfare. Is all you're doing is uh, really sentencing you're, you're sentencing them to a life of 
not what the United States version of poverty is. Um, not real poverty, but what right. we have is poverty. And they're never going to go yeah, anywhere. Right. Our richest poor people. Mm-hmm. Great points, Joe. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. You know, uh, the Ron Paul girl, the girl that's on YouTube and uh, Metacafe, or uh, I think it's Metacafe, Metacafe, where she's taking off clothes for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. She, uh, uh, Julia, apparently was poking around her website, and she had like an about me or how she got into Ron Paul, her story. And I'm hoping Julia can get her on the show. I told Julia, you know, I tried to get her on. She didn't write my email back. So maybe Julia can make it happen. But the short version of her story is that her parents were welfare queens, Mm. both mom and dad on welfare. Of course, they're working under the table, too, at the same time to get a little bit of extra money in. But they basically said they basically raised her with the mentality of workings for suckers. Workings for suckers. Wow. And uh, that's what people who are raised by welfare parents are taught. And so they're taught to stay on the welfare rolls throughout their entire life. Luckily, she rejected that. And uh, now she's a big fan of Ron Paul and so on and so forth. Anyway, we're out of time. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will see you online in the meantime between now and tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.